It's Sean Nader's two top tens. 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 Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Nader. Welcome to Sean Nader's two top tens. This is a podcast where we go through uh, two lists of ten. Two different subjects containing ten different items. <clears throat> Excuse the cough, it's just a little coronavirus. And uh, and we break them down. That doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, number one is the best and number ten is the worst. It's, uh, you know, it's all subjective, man. It's all, you know, what are numbers? What is a list? You know, don't we all just make lists every day of... Uh, what we have to do, where we have to go, who we want to be, who we don't want to be, who we want to see, who we don't want to see. I mean, I sat down to write a list with every girl I ever kissed. I don't know, man. So I hope you enjoy this. This is episode one. Uh, one of 1,000, so strap in, get comfy, and here we go. So our two subjects today are drummers and condiments. Um, so the number 10 drummer on our list is, hold on, let me go through my notes. Hey man, just because you tuned into this, you thought I was going to be prepared, but... I got the keyboard out of the closet. I did all this shit. I wrote these these pieces of paper, you know. Number 10 drummer on the list is Charlie Watts from the Rolling Stones. Now, you know, you might uh, say, you know, too obvious, but you got to listen to some Get Off of My Cloud. You got to listen to some Beast of Burden. You got to listen to some Paint It Black. My favorite Charlie Watts story is uh, Mick Jagger was all hammered and coked up and he called uh, Charlie's room one night and was like, uh, where's my drummer? Where's me drummer? There's a good Mick Jagger impression for you. Where's me drummer? And Charlie got out of bed and put on a suit and went to Mick Jagger's room and punched him in the face and said, I'm not your drummer. You're my singer. And the next day, when he saw Mick Jagger, he punched him again. Just to let him know that he was not fucking around. Um, yeah, man. Charlie Watts got a bunch of broken cymbals, which always kind of weirded me out. Um, you know, guys on the fucking Rolling Stones. All these broken-ass cymbals. Probably some jazz thing. Uh, impeccable personal style, too, on this man. Always full head of beautiful gray hair. Always suited up, looking good, and like a real kind of like crazy sort of jazz style too. Um, and if you're not listening to the Rolling Stones, you should be. Uh, number nine on the list of drummers is uh, Smelly from No Effects. Uh, I think his name is Eric. I don't know, but uh, he's an innovator. Uh, I think uh, his metal but not metal drumming style kind of set a whole thing kind of ba ba doom ba ba doom um you know it, i think all modern punk rock can be traced back to this guy's uh kick drum um 
And he's also a good reggae. The reggae stuff no effects does. He's, he's great, man. Uh, if you want to hear some good examples, I would go for uh, PBR, PRBOD. PRBOD. I think it stands for Punk Rock Bowling Overdose. It's a new song they have, and he fucking tears it up. Um, what else? Nanolium from uh, Punk and Drublick by No Effects is one of my favorite songs ever, and he's fucking pretty amazing. And actually, uh, when I was going through some No Effects stuff, I found a, a gem called uh, It's My Job to Keep Punk Rock Elite, and I think that's a really great... He fucking rages it on there, too. Um, yeah, man. Uh, interesting thing about him, I believe he's getting all his tattoos removed, which is pretty fucking crazy. Um, number eight on the list of drummers, rock and roll drummers, we have... Hold on, let me find number eight here. Oh, Dave Grohl. You may know him from a little band called Nirvana, um, from his beautiful, long, dark hair. Um, you know, I love Nirvana. As a kid, I grew up... I'm an old, old man of 44 years old, so I was right in the fucking thick of it. I told the story about seeing them at St. Andrew's Hall here in Detroit a zillion times, and uh, having Kobe and jump on my fucking head. But, uh, you know, I am... Um, I'm, I'm, as I've gotten older, my super fandom for the band has definitely diminished a little bit. And, uh, but I'm going to say Dave Grohl belongs on this list for no other reason than there's a song by the Queens of the Stone Age, who I'm also not a huge, huge Queens of the Stone Age guy, but there's a song called No One Knows by them. It's a pretty popular song of theirs. But the drum fills in there that are, that are done by Dave Grohl, I think qualifies them for this list no matter what. Uh, also, there's a great song called Scumbag Blues by Them Crooked Vultures, which is a band he plays drums in. And I think the uh, bass player from Led Zeppelin, John Paul Jones, is also in that. And uh, In Bloom by Nirvana. But uh, just a fucking powerhouse. Um, and then uh, Kurt Cobain died. And then uh, Dave Grohl replaced him as the singer in Nirvana and changed the name of the band to the Foo Fighters. Uh, number seven on the list of drummers is Bill Stevenson from Black Flag um, and The Descendants and all um another innovator amazing he's got those big ass like machine gun rolls that he does on those snare uh had a fucking brain tumor and survived it they cut that bitch out it was like the size of a fucking softball or a grapefruit or something it was fucking crazy um it was touring touring the whole world playing drums with the tumor um but uh you know man the guy was in fucking black flag uh if you want some good 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 jams of his, uh Black Coffee by Black Flag. Um now this one's weird. There's a song called Account for What by Black Flag, which is actually a pretty fucking terrible song, but I really think it's some pretty amazing Bill Stevenson drumming. Um Good Good Things by the Descendants and uh Coolidge. And if you listen to the bass drum on there, I think that's a pretty fucking uh pretty good example of what's going on with him and why he's on this list um number six mo tucker from the velvet underground uh punk rock as they come uh an innovator did a lot of simple things very minimalist but uh you know kind of really set it up for a lot of people that kind of were like maybe not the most you know virtuosos on their instruments but were able to like come in and because they were smart, they were able to like really economize their ability and really kind of make a lot out of a little for what they were doing. Um, she's amazing. Uh, 
if you want just everything she does is good and if you want to hear a great record she has a record called i'm sticking with you it was released in 2018 um and uh she redoes all these velvet underground songs with her um you know singing and playing drums um but it's amazing man she'd be listening to more more mo more lou reed um but she's great man i was in a band called the little dirty babies back when I was a uh, late teen and I was a stand up drummer uh inspired by Mo Tucker and uh my kit was pretty cool too I had a red drum head on one of the toms and I would uh stick a uh, a lamp underneath it and uh the lamp would illuminate the whole uh practice space around it was pretty fucking psych goddalic psych psych goddalic number 5 John Bonham from a little band called Led Zeppelin uh Achilles last stand Moby Dick uh, I mean, you name it, fucking every, everything this guy fucking does is just heavy, Bonham-esque, imitated as fuck, innovator, um, heavy hand, heavy foot, big drums, big style. Uh, no one, in my opinion, pulled off the uh, bandana do-rag headband quite like John Bonham. Um, Jason Bonham is his son, and he's a fucking dork, but he actually is cool because his dad was fucking John Bonham. Um, and you're not going to be a terrible drummer if, you know, you're John Bonham's son and he's teaching you to play drums, right? Um, but, yeah, man, you should be listening to more fucking Zeppelin, too. And that's another thing you can take away from this music list, too, is just, you know, stuff you should be listening to. Oh, you're too cool. Too cool for Led Zeppelin, huh? All right. All right, I see. Too cool for Zeppelin. Uh, number four, it's a tie. Mickey Hart, Bill Kreitzman from the Grateful Dead. Um, you know, I'm not going to give examples because everything they do, any get into any live uh, live dead, and they're these guys are going crazy, man. Uh, it's a whole culture. I mean, you go to a you know back in the day, I've been to a few Grateful Dead concerts back when uh, Jerry Garcia was still alive, and I know some of you are like, good, I'm glad he's dead, and I hope he stays dead forever. Um, you know, we're all going to die, so. Um, but, I mean, there's just drums in the parking lot. Drums are such an integral part of the dead thing. Uh, they have a part of every show called drums where they just play drums. Um, you know, they got the beam, which is this fucking uh, aluminum beam that's strung with piano wire all tuned to D. Uh, it's fucking, I mean, these guys, drums, space, all the songs, the double kit. Uh, I mean, it's fucking, it's crazy and heavy and world beat and percussion-y and tribal and, I don't know, man. I'm a fucking, I'm a fucking deadhead, dude. Smoking reef. Rocking out to the GD. Um, and Mickey Hart's dad ripped the band off at one point and he left the band for like 10 years. Fucking, because his dad's let all the money. Um, I don't know, man. Take a fucking, shave your mohawk off. Get into some fucking Grateful Dead. Uh, number three, Levon Helm from the band. Um, this dude is such an incredible fucking badass. Um, I mean, you know, this guy's not Neil Peart, man, but he he was just so fucking... His lead vocals complemented with his drumming and the way that the two go together and just work so well. I mean, Tennessee Jet, Ophelia, The Weight, um, 
you know the uh it's all it's all good man fucking that tennessee judge from 2009 too it's like uh him singing and playing it's so oh he also does a really great version of atlantic city by bruce springsteen um you know but just just dude you, that's another one too man you fucking listen to more of the fucking band this shit is fucking amazing um super badass levon fucking helm you know, The Last Waltz is a pretty great movie made by Martin Scorsese. Uh, Bob Dylan's in that piece, you know. And that's where the band started, man. They were fucking, they would back guys up. This guy Ronnie Hawkins, they would back him up. And then they backed up Bob Dylan. And then they fucking went went solo or went 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 for themselves. Music from the Pink, the Pink House is great. All that shit, dude. There's also a good movie about him called uh, I Ain't In It For My Health. Leave on home. Bad, bad motherfucker. Number two in the drummers would be where we got. I'm so I'm so not. Oh, here we go. Number two would be Ringo Starr. You might know him from a little band called The Beatles. Um, shit, man. I know Ringo ends up a lot of cultural jokes, like oh, you're the Ringo of the thing, but you wish you were the fucking Ringo of the thing. Ringo Starr is the fucking man. He's amazing. Um, you want to hear some good Ringo parts? Here, fucking rain. Here comes the sun. Act naturally. Um, I mean, there's actually a great version of Act Naturally that he does duets with Buck Owens, the original guy. I mean, dude, listen, listen to some of that fucking some of these Ringo fills, especially the later, the later stuff. Actually, all the way through, man. All this tasty little stuff he does. He's so fucking good. Um, he's got an all star band now. Ringo Starr is all star band. It gets guys like that guy from like Men at Work will be in, you know. Like the bass player from fucking Journey will be in Ringo's fucking all-star band torn around, you know. And also the nickname Ringo he got from having three rings on. So back in fucking 1822, having three rings was enough to earn you the fucking nickname fucking Ringo. Um, crazy. Uh, where we at? Oh, number one. The number one drummer in the world. According to this list right now, number one is Dale Crover from the Melvins. So there's rarely a guy you see that just has that combination of grace and fucking power. I mean, he's probably the John Bonham of our time, but probably smarter than John Bonham because he doesn't seem to have the same alcohol fucking uh, mad alcohol addiction that fucking Bonzo had. But, uh, I mean, you want some good Dale Crover, Honey Bucket, uh, Stop Moving to Florida, Nude with Boots, everything, man. Just get into the fucking Melvins, dude. Have your fucking mind blown. Some of it's noisier than others, some tracks, but you always get that good Grover fucking, Dale Crover fucking feeling. He was in Nirvana for a little while, too. I think he recorded the drums on Bleach, I want to say. I'm not 100% on that. I probably should have researched that a little better, but... uh. I worked at this bar called Smalls in Hamtramck, and uh, once the Melvins came and played there, and he had garden gloves on. And at that same Melvin show, Jimmy Fallon was there. And at the very end of the show, like after like uh, the show was completely over and everything was all broken down and everything, all the equipment, and Jimmy Fallon had uh, them turn the mics back on, and he got on stage, and it was like two thirty in the morning, and it was just kind of like the Melvins, the staff of the club, and a couple like you know regular hangers on. And he sang a version of Ebony and Ivory, which was fucking horrible. <clears throat> but uh, during that show, though, he uh, uh, Dale Crover, not Jimmy Fallon, Dale Crover wore a pair of gardening gloves through the whole show. 
and I have those gardening gloves. I, I have them right next to me in this little dresser thing. Um, so, yeah, man, check out some fucking, some goddamn Dale Kroger. So, all right, that's list number one for two top tens. The second top ten list is going to be condiments. I'm talking condiments. And here we go. Condiment number 10 would be ranch dressing. Now, I don't know, man. Have I never, ever enjoyed a cheese stick dipped in ranch dressing? Uh, Yes, I have enjoyed a cheese stick dipped in ranch dressing. But there is a basic wrongness with ranch dressing. And I think that your opinion on ranch dressing kind of dictates where you stand in this current political climate during this culture war. Are you a ranch person? Or are you not a ranch person? And I am not a ranch person. Um, this is taking a number 10 as a cultural stance. Uh, and if we can rid America of ranch dressing, I think we would all be a little closer to world peace. Number nine, red pepper flakes. Um, red pepper flakes are good on pizza and maybe spaghetti, but I can't really think of too many other uses for them. Um, and they also came in at number nine because if they come out in your dump, I've noticed a little bit of a spicy burn on the old b-hole as you're, uh, exiting some fucking, uh, red pepper flakes. Uh, number eight on the list of condiments here on Sean Nader's two top tens would be relish this is a thing i think i should like more and actually the best relish i ever had when i was uh back in the day when there used to be bars i don't know if you guys remember it was a bar was a place where you could pour a a a beer or a whiskey or a vodka or maybe just even a coca-cola or a coffee and you could sit on a stool and you know hang out maybe watch a band maybe watch a game there used to be this thing called bars back before the apocalypse. But uh, when I used to be a bartender, somebody brought me a, uh, a jar of uh, corn relish that I really enjoyed. Now you put put those on some hot dogs that I would make at home. And I like that. But your regular like uh, ballpark relish, it's not my favorite. Maybe it's the packets that have really ruined it for me. And also the really super neon greeniness of it is sort of a little off-putting because I can't really think of too many things naturally that when you see them in their un, you know, in their uncooked or unchopped state, that really has that kind of like fluorescent greenness. Um, I don't know, man. There's different kinds of relish, right? There's uh, there's sweet relish. Is there more like a dill relish? Um, what is it? Chopped up pickles, right? I don't know, man. Uh, you know, it, I'm gonna say the jury's still out on relish. Uh, condiment number seven comes in at open pit barbecue sauce so open pit is uh, sweet it uh, has kind of a limited use it really doesn't work well in a lot of things I mean chicken basically for me is where open pit kind of begins and ends maybe a chicken nug maybe a little turkey you could do some on but uh I'm not doing open pit on like a burger, you know, I'm not gonna do open pit on like, uh, 
I guess I would do it on some nice steak fries, a little open pit. It's, see, the thing is, is like I'm a sweets guy, too. I like cakes. I like cupcakes. I like candy bars. But uh, open pit, it's just it's too sweet. I, 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 for some reason, the sweetness of that, it's just, it's just weird. Now, I'm not talking barbecue sauce in general. I'm talking specifically open pit. Um, you know, so don't tell me that you live in, uh, you know, what's a big barbecue town? Uh, Dansbury, Connecticut. I'm from Dansbury, Connecticut, Sean. And we have a barbecue place that, you know, the, the sauce will just rock your fucking world. That's not what I'm talking about, buddy. I'm talking about open pit. And open pit's coming in at seven. Coming in at six on Sean Nader's two top tens list of condiments is red hot. So red hot is kind of like a hot sauce. It's kind of thin. Um, I don't know. It's not really super hot as far as like for a name red hot. You think it'd be a lot hotter. I think it would be like a one or two on the hot sauce scale. It's kind of entry level stuff, but uh, it's really good on eggs. It's good on Bloody Marys. Put a little red hot on some chicken. Put a little red hot, uh, I don't know, I guess you could put a little red hot on a steak if you're some kind of fucking psycho, you know. Um, I think red hot would kind of get, I don't really know how well it would mix with other stuff. It would kind of make, I don't know, that's a good question. Now, would red hot be hotter than ketchup? Not sure. Um, would red hot be hotter then, or would the hotness of the red hot overtake the sweetness of the ketchup? That I don't know. Why don't you call call in if you uh if you know the answer to that? But yeah, number six, red hot. Number five, mayo. Now I know I'm gonna get some flack from the listeners for rating mayonnaise higher than ranch dressing, but here's the deal. Um, when I'm talking about mayonnaise, I think what I'm actually talking about is Miracle Whip. Because Hellman's is okay, but it's a little eggy and gross. Like Miracle Whip, I'm not exactly sure what it is. I think it's completely synthetic, lab engineered. Um, that's that's what I like. You can't use a lot, but if you put a little on there. It gives you a little bit of zest on your nice turkey sammy. Takes it up a notch or two. Shit, I think it takes it up a notch to ten. You know what I'm saying? So, that's number five, man. Um... I also hear that Miracle Whip might possibly be the cure for the coronavirus. So if you feel like you got the the Rona, maybe fire up some of that uh, that mayo in like a syringe and just inject it and just uh, see if you get cured. Um, by the way, I'm not a doctor, and if you do that, uh, you're a fucking idiot. So this is the disclaimer. Don't actually do that. That'd be fucking crazy if somebody heard this podcast and was just like, what, dude? Miracle Whip is the fucking cure for the coronavirus and mainline some fucking Miracle Whip. I don't know if anybody knows about the legality of that. Uh, please call in. Uh, number four on the list of condiments, ketchup. I'm a uh, big fan. I'll put that shit on fucking hot dogs. And you can start all the goddamn Twitter pages you want about how only mustard goes on hot dogs. How uh, if you put ketchup on hot dogs, you're a fucking asshole. You're un-American. You're a goddamn communist. Well, then fucking tattoo a fucking commie flag right on my fucking ball sack because I'm a ketchup lover. It's sweet, tomatoey, perfect. Uh, Heinz 57 because there's 57 goddamn spices in there. That's why. You know why they call it fucking... 
catch up because uh, back in ancient Rome, where it originates from, uh, they would actually grind cats up and it would be their blood. They put a little spice in there, so that's why it's called catch up. Interesting fact, huh? Learn something every day on Sean Nader's two top tens. Kind of at number three, chopped up onions. Man, you know, chopped up onions are a fucking thing of beauty. Now, you can't put them on a lot of stuff. It's basically like a sausage, hot dog, hamburger only type situation. But, uh, goddamn, some fresh chopped up onions are amazing. It's a vegetable. Um, it's acidic as fuck. Like, if you have, like, an abscessed tooth or something, they say you can chew on some fucking raw onions and spit those bitches out. It'll heal you. Heal your ass. Um, maybe they should also try to use that for the coronavirus, some raw onions. Um, but, uh, I wonder how it's going to be in kind of the new world of, you know, sanitary conditions that we're at now in America, if you'll be able to go to the, like, cause I remember going to baseball games and it'd just be like, you go to put your fucking condiments on, you know, your hot dog at the baseball game. And there was a big ass thing of fucking raw onions right there. Like that has to be just the wetness of the onions. It has to be so fucking unsanitary. Right. But, uh, Big fan. Big, big fan of raw onions. Condiment number two would be, here we are, sriracha. Ay, 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 ay. Sriracha. Um, it is a, uh, it's a hot level up from the red hot, I feel. A hot level up from even Tabasco sauce. Um, it's weird, man. Sriracha is one of those things, I guess it's like, Asian in uh, origin, but it's like you always put that shit on burritos, right? Um, it's fucking crazy, man. Uh, it uh, is also like a real like cultural phenomenon thing that like people, you know, there's t-shirts and bongs and you name it, man. People get that fucking rooster tattooed on them. It's it's it's, it's ridiculous, fucking. But it cleans out your sinuses. It zips up everything you put it on. Fucking little spaghetti, little pizza, little eggs. It's fucking amazing. Um, and the number one condiment uh, is yellow fucking mustard. Uh, what can I say, man? You know, I'm not going to say all mustards because I'm not a big fan of the Dijon. The Dijon might only be good on like a ham sandwich, you know, but your good old fashioned French is yellow. It's good on hot dogs spicy it's a good intro to spicy it works well with under the fucking condiments use it with some ketchup use it with some fucking sriracha you know use it some fucking mayonnaise man i'd say do a little mustard and a little fucking little italian dressing on a sandwich why not go fucking crazy dude it's your world um but no big fan big fan of yellow mustard and yellow mustard too is one of those ones it 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 lets you know that it was there get a mustard stain in your shirt it's there, baby. You're not getting that out. Even if you eat kind of a sloppy sandwich and you go wash your hands, you still might have some of that fucking yellow mustard fucking crust all around your fucking the inside of your fucking fingers, man. Um, and that's it. We did it. That is Sean Nader's two top tens. That is my first episode. So, uh, I want to... Thank you for listening to episode number one.
Sean Nader's two top tens. I hope you had fun. Oh yeah. Gonna listen every time I put out an episode. Gonna touch myself until I blow a load. Episode number one, drummers and condiments, thank you.